What's up? It's your pal Wenchikistotikis, and this is The Bar Is Low. Every episode, we take a look at a fanfiction or a series of fanfictions, and these can be either good, bad, or in between, but mostly, they're bad. So can you fucking believe this? We're doing three lighthearted episodes in a row. Wow. I really do feel like I have a lot to make up to you guys for the Pokophilia miniseries and Omegaverse I wrote in Nothing is Sacred. So we're talking about a retelling of Shrek with Avatar characters. What more could I ask for in life? The author never finished writing this fic, uh, and it remains in progress for all eternity, but that's just how it be sometimes. We're gonna talk about this anyways, because it's a good fucking time. It follows the plot from Shrek very closely, uh, a lot of the time scene for scene, even borrowing lines, and it's somehow pretty faithful to both of its source materials. This centers around Zuko, who is Shrek, and you just have to read all of his lines in a Scottish accent. Like, you can't not. It opens, much like the Shrek movie, with him reading and then scoffing about the fairy tale about the princess in the tower guarded by the dragon. So he's in exile, living on the now-deserted Ember Island alone, and he has a bad reputation. The fairy tale Creatures Wanted poster has now been replaced with renegade benders, fugitives, misfits, outcasts, so on. Paper hits him in the face, and he's just like, who cares about this shit? I'm just minding my own goddamn business. Just like Shrek would. So basically, the Fire Nation government is just dumping all the weird people onto this one island. Here's how it is in charge of the operation. And some of the weirdos we get are the foamy mouth guy, June and her like sniffy mole rat looking thing. I don't remember what it's called. And of course, Aang. So Zhao threatens to snap Aang's glider staff thing because the kid's just being an annoying ass motherfucker because he's donkey in this fic. <laughs> Which, he's donkey. So when he makes a run for it, it forces him to reveal that he's an airbender. So he's worth a lot more than they thought he was. But of course, he crashes right into Shrek Zuko. Zhao, who's running after him, gets freaked out by scary Zuko and runs away. So in this fic, they do have to pretend that uh, Zuko is way more intimidating than he actually is. But there were so many other things that just beautifully fall into place that I can forgive some things. And it's not like an adaptation like this is easy. Things usually aren't going to line up perfectly because not everything is just a ripoff of everything else. You know what I mean? This is imperfect, but this person did their best and I really love it for that. So again, Aang's immaturity is also really played up here because he's donkey now. So he's just following Zuko around and begging him to let him spend the night because he's got nowhere to go. And when Zuko reluctantly agrees, he like shouts and jumps 10 feet into the air and Zuko's just like, well, now I see why they banished a child. I thought it was because, oh, he's annoying at first, but it's no, it's because he's an airbender. But I guess either works. So he lets Aang spend the night outside, which is weird because he's a human, not an animal, like Donkey was. But this is so that he can hear a strange noise in the other room in the middle of the night that can't possibly be Aang, because he's outside. But it's the squatters. We have the library owl dude, Momo, and a bunch of others just camping outside. And we get the line, What are you doing on my island? Yes, I am here for this. So the squatters can't leave Ember Island because Farquaad, who is Ozai in this, banished them because they didn't conform to his standards or something and he just 
threw them out because that's how he is. He just loves banishing people. Zuko's like, I'm going to confront him because this is my goddamn island. I don't want these people here. So he and Ozai are not father and son in this fic because given the Shrek adaptation, that wouldn't really make any sense because, you know, Farquaad isn't Shrek's father. Although that would be a hell of a plot twist. Things don't line up perfectly, obviously, but... They had to do this so that it would kind of make sense with all the characters. Fortunately, Mizuko has one of those balloons because plot conveniences wash up on the beach all the time. But anyways, they're getting off the island and he's taking Aang with him to go to the city and be like, bitch, give me my island back. And meanwhile, <laughs> Ozai is interrogating the gingerbread man. Tylee. <laughs> this scene made no sense in the Shrek movie, and it doesn't make a lot of sense here either, but it's one of many iconic scenes, so it's great. It was pretty dark that they severed the gingerbread man's limbs in Shrek, but threatening to do that to a human is really fucked up. <laughs> and he threatens to burn her hands, because that's, like, the source of her power. Instead of saying, do you know the muffin man? She says, do you know the cabbage guy? And that's perfection right there. I think that that just lines up so perfectly. I love that part. And then we get Mirror Man, and Iroh is the Mirror Man. Ole asks him what the fairest kingdom of them all is, and the Mirror Man is like, well, it might be yours if you are a king. But then he's like, may throw a knife at him. The attention to detail is really great, because I forgot that Farquaad just names a random guard and has him punch in a mirror to intimidate Mirror Man into flattering him. They do cut out a lot, especially because they're transferring the story across mediums from visual to written. But... It lines up so well here, too. So, since he's only a prince, he can become a king by marrying a princess. This scene is kind of uncomfortable because we get the three choices. The first one being Yue. The second one is Azula, which really freaked me out the first time I read this fic. But, you know, now with the amount of incest porn I've encountered, it's just another day in the life. <sighs> but Iroh's like, by the way, I think she's your cousin, so, like... Maybe don't choose her. So the last choice, and the one he goes with, is Katara. This makes me more uncomfortable than the quick mention of the potential incest because, oh look, it's my no TP. If you think that I haven't read fake where they get married, you're wrong. So as you may have figured out, this pick is going to be Zutara in the end. I'm not really a fan of that pairing, but it works with the adaptation. May probably couldn't be Fiona, and Aang definitely couldn't be Shrek, so I will tolerate this pairing. I will tolerate, like, almost anything over Uzay and Katara. The only pairings I find worse in this fan are, like, incest ones. So as in the movie, Uzay is just like, yeah, I'll go with her. I like the last princess. And Mirror Man is just like, hey, uh, there's something I should mention that happens at night. And he's just like, a bitch, I don't give a fuck. I have made up my mind. So then our duo arrives at the palace, and we get the line, maybe he's compensating for something good shit. There is the little song they do where it's welcome to Duloc or welcome to Caldera now. Follow the rules, kids. And there's no implied ass in the song. That's sad to me, but we get other good shit. They go to the tournament where Ozai is just going to choose the champion who will go take Katara from the castle, and he says, some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make, just like Farquaad. Uh, I just love how blunt it is. Just like, yep, 
I don't give a fuck about your life. And then Ozu sees him, like, exile, why are you here? And then, just as Shrek did, Zuko just kicks everyone's ass and then gets to sign the mission, and he can go get his island back if he brings back the princess. So they set off, and Aang is just like, why didn't you just stare at him until he gave in, like, his outed? And he's like, you know, I'm not just a guy with a scary face. There's more to me. And we get the onion analogy in its full glory. Because <laughs> onions have layers. I feel like Sokka might have been a better donkey, but we already have this one weird erasure of family relationships, so two might be too much. You can probably just imagine this version of the character as Aang before he was tasked with saving the world, and then he had to grow the fuck up, so... He's just still full of life all the time, constantly. So then they reach the castle after days of flying over the desert. Imagine being stuck in a hot air balloon with Donkey for a fucking week. Especially if you just want your goddamn peace and quiet, like Zuko. Or Shrek, or myself. I know I would want that. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> but the balloon tanks and they fall, luckily, near enough to the castle to walk. There is a lava moat there and Zuko has to be like, hey, please just... Kid, just go over the treacherous, scary bridge. And they bring up that, like, why is an airbender scared of heights? And that's because he's scared of falling to a quick death in fucking lava. But does Zuka's bending apply to lava? If so, he could probably ease his fear a bit. But anyways, they enter the castle and split off. Uh, Zuko acquires some armor from a dead knight to find the princess, not to protect himself from the dragon. He's just like, the dragon doesn't exist. Calm down, Aang. But yeah, he takes the armor so that... The princess won't run away when she sees him without a helmet on. But the dragon does exist. And it goes after Aang. And he's flipping the fuck out. But it's not a dragon. It's Appa. Which I think is a lovely place where things line up. Even though it implies some very uncomfortable things. Considering where Donkey and the dragon's relationship ended up going. But... Let's not talk about that. It takes a liking to him and gives him a lick and they become friends. And we do get some uncomfortable dialogue where Aang is just talking like, Hey, uh, I believe people get to know each other before entering a relationship. You know, like, it's a lot of commitment to live together. But Oppa's just, like, holding him down and licking his head like an ice cream cone. To quote, I am here for this, but I blame DreamWorks because it was totally weird and unnecessary for Donkey and the Dragon to get together in the first place. Um... So, yeah, friendship. Friendship is good. So, also, originally, judging by the reviews and the YouTube trailer that this actually has, Toph was originally supposed to be the dragon, but they edited it, I guess, and this makes much more sense now. Also, the YouTube trailer does not have Smash Mouth as the music. That is a crime. That is just a crime. So Zuko then encounters Katara in the castle, and like Fiona, she's like really bitchy, and they borrow a lot of dialogue from Shrek where she's like, but you're my valiant savior, knight, so just kiss me, you're my true love, and he's just like, hmm, no. They escape from the castle in, which involves trapping Appa inside, which is kind of sad because they were getting along pretty well, not to mention that they're balloon tanked, so they could use a ride. There's the whole taking off the helmet scene from Shrek, which although the rest of the physical comparisons between Zuko and Shrek don't work that well, I feel like this fits right in place. Like, the other stuff just counted on him being generally scary looking, but here he's just like, no, I don't want you to think that I'm a freak because, you know, my face is like this. Therefore, I am reluctant to show you my face. And he uses that same helmet hair excuse as Shrek. But then he takes off his helmet and she's like, hey, I know you. 
you're the exile. And she's just like, well, fuck you. It was like, can come rescue me himself because he's supposed to be my true love or something. Guys, I've never shipped Zutara harder than in this moment. <laughs> but he just picks her up and they walk off with her. They camp out in a little oasis because they got the balloon up again, but it would be really bad if they ran out of fuel over the ocean. They have this angsty little talk where Zuko's like, Aang, I would like to be left alone on my island forever after this journey is over. But people can grow to like you. Is this an onion thing? Aang, shut the fuck up. Katara overhears this, so she has a change of heart the next morning and agrees to cooperate with them instead of being bitchy. She's able to open up to them a little bit and tell them about her life in the tower and how she wanted to leave it, but at the same time, it's what she's used to, so she didn't want to go with them. She actually has this moment where she's like, my own father locked me in that tower. I'm actually very interested in Dark Hakoda. I would read a fic about that. Just saying. But as in Shrek, she stops being a bitch when the equivalent of Robin Hood and his men show up. And in this version, it's Jet and the Freedom Fighters, which I think is just so perfect. Like, they're just assholes who think that they're doing justice and helping the oppressed, but they're just assholes. And... I don't know why Jet would be in the middle of the desert, but like, I guess he just shows up in random places and it's just too perfect for him not to be Robin Hood. So Katara then fights them and reels that she's a waterbender and Zuko's just like, oh no. They do the scene where Zuko has an arrow just casually sticking out of his leg and he's like, oh no, I guess I should pull it out. But Aang is like losing his fucking mind and they do the thing where they're like, go find this very specific plant Aang because he's getting in the way. But they don't do the line, this would be so much easier if I wasn't colorblind. Why can't Aang be colorblind? I don't see why not. Headcanon, Aang is colorblind. Meanwhile, Katara heals Zuko and Aang comes up and sees him in a kind of suggestive position together. And then he passes out at the side of blood because he's just so small. They start to get more fuel and Aang leaves to do it on his own because he's like, y'all just need a fuck already. The sexual tension is killing me. So while they're alone, she asks Zuko about his scar and they had to come up with a different backstory for it because, you know, Ozai is not his father in the Shrek AU. The story is still that he's a mommy's boy, but he was at a palace event and he ran into Ozai and Ozai was just like, bitch, I don't like you. I think you just tried to assault me. Therefore, I will fight you. You can go if you beat me and you can be with your mother at home, but you lost, haha. <laughs> and now I still burned your face off, so fuck you. I don't think this is really the greatest new backstory, especially because when uh, Zuko and Ozai actually did interact, it didn't seem like they had any personal beef. But uh, adaptations are kind of difficult, so I don't know what else you're doing here. But the, his status as an exile really does work here, because Shrek just wants to be alone and not have anyone bother him. So yeah, he's like self-exiled, but Zuko's like exiled normally here. So then we get some face touching, and she's just like, I'm sorry, that sounds so awful. And he's like, well, don't be sorry. I mean, I'm not the one gonna marry Ozai. <laughs> that was a thing. But things continue to be angsty as shit, as when they arrive in Caldera, Zuko is like, oh no, I have feelings, but I will have to go back to being alone. I guess that's life. I guess that's life. Aang is all like, you should tell her. And he's like, boy. They do have the moment where he's like, princess, can I ask you something? 
are you gonna eat that? They justify this in the narration as he just chickened out. Uh, and then Aang does come out and like he puts his arms around both of them like, wow, this is sure romantic. And then Katara's like, it's sunset. It's sunset already. I'm so afraid of the dark. Sadly, this is where this fic was discontinued. We will never get to find out what Katara's curse was. I think it would have made sense for it just to be her being a waterbender, especially considering that she gets her power from the moon, so, you know, which you see at night. But she revealed that in the battle with Jet and the Freedom Fighters, so that wasn't going to be it, even though I guess it could have worked. One reviewer put forth bloodbending as a theory, but we'll probably never know what this author had in mind for her curse. Although updates were pretty sparse, and the 12 existing chapters were written over the course of three and a half years. This hasn't been updated since 2014, so I don't think we're ever going to get an ending. Which, in a way, is good, because I don't think I can handle another Ozai Katara wedding, even if it does get interrupted. But yeah, it, I think it would have been totally cool to see this finished, and it still does raise some questions, like what do you guys think Katara's curse would be? Who do you think the other characters would be? Who's Puss in Boots? Who gets to be Fairy Godmother? Prince Charming? I just thought this was a really interesting concept, and for the most part, it was well executed. I mean, there were some things that didn't completely work out. That's really only to be expected. Not everything translates over perfectly in an adaptation, but there were some things that just lined up brilliantly, and I just absolutely loved I really would recommend this. My main complaint that the author actually could have done something about is just that this isn't finished. It would be pretty cool to see other crossovers in this vein. I thought this was really clever, and it's a good, pretty quick read. I really enjoyed it. So today, we covered Zrek, which is just Shrek, but it starts with a Z instead of an S, by The Shockaholic. The Bar is Low is on Instagram now, so you can follow us the profile is just the bar is low with an underscore in between each word. You'll know what's coming up next and you'll know about future episodes. So yeah, I'm your pal Wenchigas Thoticus. This is the bar is low. Thank you for joining me and that's all for today.